0: 10. And we're live, the internet's been all over the place today, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines NXT Review, my name is Matt Mayer aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Link's in the description, head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news and all of that jazz. Yes, NXT, the Undisputed Era have returned for War Games to take on Pat McAfee and his Merry Men also Finn Balor has returned to introduce Undisputed Era to take on Pat McAfee and his Merry Men reasons uh, the pop <laughs> I guess it doesn't really make any sense uh, anyway get, get all your opinions in on the NXT stuff from uh, last night I personally personally this was like maybe one of the NXT's I was most down on that I've done so far most of the time I'm all positive and chipper and happy uh, yeah, chipper little scamp but this week I don't know. There's something about the show. Like, normally, part of that reason is when there's a lot of segments. That's the reason why with Raw. And with NXT, I think there was eight different in-ring segments. Let me just count that correctly. Yep, there was eight. Just checking my notes. There were eight different in-ring segments, where for NXT, that's quite a lot, because you're normal- Oh, no, it's nine, because, of course, the ending with Finn Balor. So, technically, it flowed, so that's why I got mixed up. But with, like, normally with NXT, looking like six. Possibly six. And the, the, they normally have things like thrown in the middle. But this week there were a lot of, especially after the North American Championship match. And I guess he could include it as well. There was, like, for me, up and, like the main event was great. Ray Ripley and Io Shirai Shur- thought it was fantastic. And then he got the whole war games <laughs> thing after that. Which is also fan- uh, a great little thing. But with the actual like main bulk of the show, I found it quite... Difficult to get through. Like, there were matches that were just happening. You know, I was really struggling to actually care or get invested, and they, 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 yeah, it was just stuff happening for the majority of the show. For me, I guess North American Championship was one thing, but then there's a whole bleh <laughs> in the middle, a whole blob of bleh immediately after that. Then you get to the main event, which was fantastic, and you got the massive setup for War Games as well. Again, there was a lot of setup. And I think I've said for the past two weeks that I'm perfectly fine with setup shows absolutely uh, but it, like it, they're the type of thing that really pay off long term. so yeah, all for it, no issues with it. It's just a bit of a thing where you get to week three and there's still not really going <laughs> I don't really feel like things are properly progressing anywhere. And uh, apart from again the main event, which I don't want to, <laughs> even though I overall show wise I would say oh, I, was, I, just, I thought it was fine this week. Aside from the fact I, th- I really enjoyed the NXT women's match and the reveal at the end gets you all excited for what's to come next. So it's like, well, I'd be surprised if next week is isn't <laughs> like charging at such a faster degree. But this this week, yeah, this week I felt like suffered. Because next week is going to shine, just because of what everything is set up, it's going to be impossible not to at least have excitement and a bit of momentum on the show. Just because of what happened at the end of this week, you've set up things to happen, uh, which is good. Like, the long-term plan, I'll always, I'll always like praise that a lot more than I would like Modern Night War. Modern Night War has a, a a show which flows, with lots of momentum on that one show, but you're like, it's, it's not going anywhere though. <laughs> like, there's not much to like. Can I have this one show, but it's. Hollow. There's not much to sink your teeth into. Then you get to NXT, and that show is like most of the time you might get a few show like this show this week and the past two weeks I think I'd say is similar where it's building, it's momentum generating. Then you get to like in if, like four weeks down the line, let's say we're there, because oh, that'll be next week technically. If you had Pat McAfee and his main men running shop for weeks, then you get to this episode suddenly there's just a lot to it, <laughs> and you've done all of that setup. You've spent your time cooking that meat, and oh, it's, it's juicy and tender. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's my metaphor. It's a juicy NXT, is a juicy and tender meat. <laughs> that's what I'm eventually getting at. Uh, but yes, so uh, in the main event, let's, go, let's talk about the topic of the show of the undisputed era returning for War Games. The prince arrived after Io Ryan and Rhea Ripley had their awesome bomb burner of a title match. Uh, Finn Balor is back and. Because of the way that show was booked, mate, you've got three minutes. To battle the F through that promo. <laughs> just power through it. Like two lines in, Pat McAfee and his main men arrived with Pat Godwin off in his usual style. Uh, what a fantastic man on the mic he is. <laughs> he has been a revelation in NXT for me. And against Undisputed Era, he, he just he just gets it. He, he is top level. <laughs> really enjoy myself on Pat McAfee. Uh, he ran through the folk that they've. Or that they've beaten up these past little while whilst Finn's been away. Like, claiming that they've ran the show for like a month now. Uh, Finn has none of that. And with a... I thought it was a naff line, but some people online enjoyed it. <laughs> Where um, With the naff line, uh, Finn Balor brings back some NXT friends. He says, it's easy for the mice to play when the cat's away. But the cat's back. And look what I've dragged in. <laughs> and I was like maybe if it wasn't delivered in an Irish accent, I don't know. It's it's something about that sentence with Finn Finn Balor being the guy delivering it. Emilio's just like, that felt like a line written for Finn Balor rather than a line Finn Balor would want to say. (laughs) He'll come up with himself if he's to deliver that message. Uh, Yeah, That's a feeling I get at Modern Night Raw. Modern Night Raw for me feels like lines written... For the situation rather than lines a character would say in that situation. Like plot situation lines rather than character in the situation lines. So again, so you could technically swap out a character, have them deliver the same line and nothing would change type of thing. They've got better at that this year, but that was definitely a gripe I've had of the past few years for well, WWE main roster. Uh, and this was like, I don't normally get that feeling with NXT, but with this line, that made me think that. <laughs> it was just, it was on the edge of corny and it was balancing on it, and it was just something about that line. <laughs> this maybe told it a bit. I was just like, hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it, I may have found it a bit of a crap line. <laughs> Some people liked it, but I found it a bit crap. But, hey, it got the pop out of us for the Undisputed Era's return. So really, at the end of the day, does it matter? It did its job. Uh, Undisputed Era and the Merry Men uh, went off air with a big old brawl to end the show, and immediately I'm like, hmm, we might be heading to War Games. And in a WWE network exclusive, we learnt exactly that. William Regal coming out, going, hmm, there's four of you. There's four of you. We've got this pay per view coming up, which Beth Phoenix was getting all excited about on commentary. Hmm, <laughs> what could I put? War Games! <laughs> Let's do the War Games. And the crowd, whatever's left of that crowd in Florida, they do a big old cheer. Like, hey, War Games, because it's time for War Games. It's on the calendar, therefore we do War Games. And I saw uh, Voices of Wrestling tweeted out. There's like the negative aspect of war games becoming a bit like Hell in a Cell, where this is when it happens on the calendar. Therefore, it's once a year. It doesn't matter if if feuds or builds have naturally reached a point in need of the match because it's now on the calendar. This is when it happens. I would say at least NXT do a better job of this is when it is in the calendar. Therefore, in advance we will build to it because <laughs> we know it's there. <laughs> what what mind blowing genius of Knowing a pay per is coming up, so you set things up in advance so it doesn't catch you by surprise. <laughs> cough, cough. Survivor Series. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's nice to at least at least it's nice to that. So that's why I don't really put it on the same level. But there is that issue where if you have this match, which at its peak is used as a like a feud ender, like an ultra violent conclusion to this animosity, which cannot be settled any other way. Uh, yeah, throw it out the window. It's a brand. It's just a brand thing. And I can see how that's disappointing. But I started watching wrestling in 2005. All wrestling was already shifting that way. <laughs> when I was learning about the world and everything. So yeah, Elimination Chamber pay-per-views came within like three years of me watching. Or all, all of that, that big shift was like 2009, 2010. Suddenly you lost the name. Started to lose the just the names of pay-per-views. Suddenly you got Money in the Bank, Elimination Chamber, Tables, Ladders and Chairs, Hell in a Cell. They all started. Like, it got different ones like Breaking Point was one where they tried. Uh, it's just, Fatal 4-Way was the name of an actual pay-per-view, <laughs> where the main event matches were Fatal 4-Ways, they've never done it again, <laughs> can you guess why? A, yeah, so there's, yeah, I guess Royal Rumble falls into that, but no, nah, that's this whole separate thing. But so, with, that's the WWE world that I kind of entered, where it was shifting that way, that the shift had started, and within three to four years of me actually watching the product, the shift had properly happened. So, yeah, uh, it's not something that bothers me that much, but if I had watched in the prior era, I could 100% see how it would irritate a little bit. It's like, well, you, the it's just a brand thing now. It's got nothing to do with the animosity of the feud that's built. So, yeah, yeah. Also, I've, uh, I've left the main light off tonight. See how it is? left side of my face is really lit up. See how it, see how it is afterwards. I can could, I only could see a little box, <laughs> so who knows? Uh, anyway, I think I will do the women's championship next because I, I want to talk about the women's championship match. I've, 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 I've talked about WarGames itself. Have I talked about the animosity between Undisputed Era and Pat McAfee's Merry Men? Uh, yeah, NXT WarGames feels like yeah, it'll be, it'll be grand. It'll be great. It, it's every year. It's become Undisputed Era's thing, and this is the first time entering it as faces or cool heels. So cool, they're just. Well, they've just become liked now, so they're not heels anymore. I mean, as soon as they start the rivalry with Pat McAfee, so, uh, yeah, the heels. <laughs> Sorry, the faces. <laughs> uh, I can't say a certainty thing and then say the wrong word. Oops. But yeah, so with... With, yeah. With War Games, it'll be fine. It'll be enjoyable. Last year, I enjoyed the women's one like, way more than did the men's. And looking at the competitors in the men's this year, I feel like they kind of be forced to turn it down a bit. Because it was in that era where I was getting a little bit, hmm... With the Adam Cole Johnny Gargano matches, for example, which were just escalating and escalating and escalating, and this year was like we got an- last year we got another crazy bump with Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa with like the air raid siren like off the top left through some tables, so like Jesus Christ type of stuff. But this year it's Pat McAfee, and I he just, just like yeah, I love Pat McAfee. I think he's been doing a fantastic job, but he's not going to do a. Assumably, he's not going to do a death spot <laughs> with Adam Cole. Or oh, just crazy, massive thing to end the show. So you're gonna get a slightly tamer match. Where personally, I'm all for that because again, personally, I preferred the women's match last last year, and that for me proved you don't need to go completely mental to absolutely nail a match, uh, which they did. Also, to think that Dakota Kai only turned this time last year. Like, what is time? <laughs> what is time? It's only been. It's, it's not. We are not even reached the point where a yet. Mental. <laughs> How's it only been a year? Ugh, oh, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Stuff from six months ago feels like it, it was a year. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the COVID world, it's all over the place. But, but we entered War Games... Uh, we entered War Games in an entertaining fashion with a women's championship. Io Shirai defended against Rhea Ripley. Uh, and, yeah, NXT are just showing off right now. <laughs> what a women's division. And we got that taste earlier in the show as well. We got Ember Moon and Tony Storm versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in the middle of the card, and then Io Shirai, Ray Ripley, technically the main event. In the in-ring main event. It's like, wow, what a division. That's, only, that's, that's six of them, there, there are more, <laughs> it's like, wow. This, they've got depth to it and variety within that depth. It's just the kind of competitors too. It's just a massive thumbs up, just, fantastic job. And except for one of my gripes at the main roster was, outside of the, like, the top four or five people, it's pretty shallow division. And there's just a massive gap between in terms of like overstatus, I guess. Between like the top five, which I count as the four horsemen in Asker right now. Yes, it jumps to six if Rousey's there. And they tried it with Bezda, just didn't quite work. Uh, um, yeah, there's just a massive gap between I uh, guess overstatus work, because Bliss is technically really over in this fiend role. But in terms of who could challenge for a championship and realistically beat them, there's a massive gap in terms of perception. That perception, that's the word I've been looking for all along. To the perception, there's this massive gap, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's interesting. But the women's division in NXT, in NXT, you feel like there's so much depth to it like that ceiling, not the ceiling, but the I guess that gap to jump isn't as big in NXT, and that maybe helps a lot. It just feels there's a lot more girth to it, <laughs> there's so much more depth uh, again, juicy you tend to meat to bite into rather than being awesome like the top? If it looks awesome, then you bite into it and realise there's like nothing underneath it. Uh, I need to get away from the food metaphors. <laughs> One track mine tonight. Uh, but yeah, it was... yeah. yeah. It, this was a shining example. Let's bring back the tangent. It was a shining example of that division, this was. Uh, plenty of time given for this main event to build and play out. To the chagrin of the final run of Finn Balor. <laughs> I guess they get through your promo in like 10 seconds. Uh, but yeah, like the uh, top-tier tally match, because I won't say it's five-star classic, but for a TV match, this is top-tier stuff. Uh, like, some, like 100% check this out. To the point where, after watching both shows, Dave Meltzer is constantly criticised for being an anti- like, not anti-WWE, but uh, leaning... His his personal wrestling kind of favourite stuff seems to align a bit more with AEW. And, gets, yeah, obviously he gets criticised for all that. But... Even he was like, "No, the women's division, their match was fantastic," and he fully expected that to lift up NXT and possibly do so much better than they did in the ratings. Uh, but it didn't. Uh, doesn't mean this match wasn't a banger because it was 100 <laughs> percent fantastic match. The point was that even Dave Meltzer was like, "Oh, that was good," <laughs> so expected a bit more. And it was a it was top tier, especially after EO bust Ripley's ear open with a running drop kick, and the physicality just grew. The champ working on the arm, like, ah, you can't rip tide me if you've only got one lifter, can you? <laughs> Driving it into the ring open and Ripley screaming out in pain. A one-armed Ripley showed how awesome her strength is, but the damage was done. Was she truly able to fight back? Well, no, but she gave it a good go. Even to the point of locking in that awesome reverse Cloverleaf submission. But Ripley was able to lift up Shirai. Like, she was able to go for the riptide, but it obviously wasn't and its, like, usual pace or smoothness. Just enough for EO to roll round the Aussie and into an R-bar, which was fantastic. A fantastic roll-around. Uh, Ripley again trying, uh, this time to powerbomb out of that, but to the same result of the R-bar. Uh, the most predictable thing for this match was how damn great the final stretch was going to be. And, obviously, they delivered. Uh, Ripley fighting back in and refusing to give up. In spite of the fact of like EO was countering her offense again and again, and Ripley was still fighting through it with the one arm uh, at a massive detriment. But with a sunset flip powerbomb off the apron through the announced desk, there was no coming back for Ripley after that. Ripley made it back into the ring just beating the ten count, but without her sensors, and the champion immediately flew on top of her with a moonsault to the back for the win. Hell of a match. Almost a shame there was another segment after this. I wouldn't have minded the final kind of momentum and feeling of this show being this. <laughs> but I understand War Games is coming up and you need to, you know, you need to actually do something, even though they technically announced War Games on the network anyway. <laughs> it didn't even happen on TV. A very weird way to go around it. A handshake on the ramp afterwards, the show of respect after such a physical match, and then, like, a, they get their moment on the ramp and walk up. It's not. As bad as music, it's not like Lana, where she won the Women's Battle Royal Main Event and within 10 seconds, if that, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton just brawling around and the focus completely leaves her, like she isn't even a factor anymore. That uh, no, in NXT, they got the time, they posed on the ramp, uh, walked up together, got the show of respect after a physical match, and then Prince comes in for the final three minutes of the show. Yeah, fant- 100%, if you're, one, if you're someone like me, who watches both NXT and AEW, my, yeah, add this to the list of matches to watch this week. 100% worth your time. The rest of the show, I mean, it's, it's one of those shows where I could argue this is a one match, one, I say one match, because it's not one segment. The the bulk of the end. <laughs> Just watch from the Ripley match. Uh, Ripley EFTI match. So, yeah. Anyway, a drink of water. Ooh. This is my second stream of the day. Having gone live for, on uh, Twitch, for the, uh, building the Twitch thing with... uh. Ash from Wrestling Shorts. Doing all of that stuff, so. I was live on Twitch earlier today, streaming some Shadow of Mortal. Killing some orcs. Shadow of War. Uh, change one word and it does me in. Doesn't help in the promotion, I call it Shadow of Imp, so I'm not saying the name of the game a lot. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. So, yes. So, technically I've already done live stuff for over two hours today. I can see how my voice keeps up. Anyway, I'm now going to run through. Also, my beard's getting a bit big. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about this stuff? It's November. I've, I've... I'm in fifty-fifty whether to you know, just you know, tidy it up a bit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but in November, do I just leave it? I don't know. Anyway, it goes very ginger. It's the Irish, just the Irish genes in me. My beard goes extremely ginger. Anyway, new. We'll start with the new North American champion stuff at the start of the show and work our way through to what was ever before the main event. I can't remember the life of me. So I, when I meet it in my notes, it will remind me. <laughs> That's why I make notes. I'd be screwed otherwise. The new. North American champion Leon Ruff Leon Ruff said that name Mike Versus Johnny Gargano Johnny all mean calling Leon Like not a real champion And a joke uh, And that the joke is over uh, Just no messing about uh, My prediction from last week uh, Was that I was going in fully expecting That Ruff's reign would last one episode With Gargano pretty much staying North American champion But still keeping his first defence losing streak All intact for facing Damien Priest But No They're going at it without the championship, it seems. Well, we've got next week, I'll get to it. (laughs) But uh, no, they played off of that for a second unexpected victory for Ruff. Uh, Ruff was bouncing off those ropes with more confidence this week, having won the championship. Even clearing Gargano and landing on his feet after a tope, just full of confidence. Uh, However, in terms of evolution as well, the crucifix pin was red and stopped this time. But the presence of Priest on the ramp was even was there once again for a second swing of momentum for the wee man. Uh, one super kick of one final beat later, you assumed Johnny Gagano had won the match. Technically, he had won the match, and but in a slightly heelish move, Damian Priest pulled Ruff out of the ring and apologizes for what he was about to do, and uh, before forearming him in the face with uh, with that Gargano rematch ended in the DQ. He's an ultimate shock. He's like, wait, what? Again, uh, Damien Priest is kind of giggling, like, ha, 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 you, you've lost again. Isn't that funny? William Regal didn't agree so. We'll see that later. But actually, no, if I address that now, um, da- William Regal later in the show was going off at Damien Priest and Leon Ruff walked up to him and essentially stood up for himself. Uh, when the Priest accidentally, like, dropped the joke line that Ruff was in there, was like, is that really how you feel? Uh, and... Even delivered a receipt for the forearm with a slap of his own to Priest, like "Good on you, lad." And Winnie Meagles was like, "I mean, are if you got any arguments, totally deserved that. <laughs> he had that coming." So yeah, and this sets up later in the show like an enemy versus my enemy, to my friend situation for Gargano and Lou- not Loomis, for Gargano and Priest, where they they at the end of the day they both want the championship. Actually, if I scroll down to that, so I can blast that out as well. Because later in the show, Damien Priest was coming out. We never knew his scheduled opponent. Like, with the man walking backstage before the break as the hype, like suddenly this is happening. And uh, Gargano attacked him on the steps before he got into the ring for the match. Uh, Both men instead just brawled all over ringside. Johnny lashing out after Priest cost him his North American Championship early in the show. Uh, Leon Ruff ran on down to prove his point and stand up for himself again. Very wise to the danger of Priest, just backing off, uh, they they didn't particularly clash. He didn't get to see that, he didn't see Priest and Ruff actually collide, uh, using Gargano against the big man. But, that may not have been a wise decision, because at the end of the day, both men care most about the title, and the enemy of my enemies, my friend, may end pretty badly for Ruff. <laughs> he don't want Gargano and Priest on the same page, working together. And ultimately, even later in the show, Leon Ruff was backstage and came across William Regal outside of Regal's office. And Ruff was like, no, I'll I'll, I'll take on both of them. Just in a... Maybe a mistake. But <laughs> purely motivated. It's like, no, I'm going to stand up for myself again. So like, mm, maybe, you know, take a minute <laughs> before you make a mistake. Uh, but yeah, he can maybe get the belt back on Gargano here in some fashion. That's what... I feel like getting it on Gargano for... Priest to have something to climb to prove himself in that manner might be a good way after literally climbing the ladder to win it in the first place. Yeah, this is more of a metaphorical ladder. Yeah, it all it all lifts, it all works. <laughs> but yeah, Ruff getting a bigger shot than people expected. Because I, I was one of those people who just assumed this would be a one week thing, then you just go back to your you know, regularly scheduled programming. But no, they are, they're playing this out and Ruff is inserted into this feud where someone tried to use him as a pawn but, no, he stands up for himself. He's like, no, you can't use, use me as pawn. Yeah, give him the guy character. I like it. Uh, Cameron Grimes' promo uh, ahead of his match. He's not afraid of Dexter Loomis. He's a rocket ship. And after the blindfold match, he's going to be going to the moon. Cameron Grimes, to the moon. <laughs> as he does it. Yeah, blindfold match. This is pretty divisive. Is it even a blindfold match? They call it, uh, I know, in West, it's called a blindfold match. And then they wear... Black hoods <laughs> or bags get okay, sacks get put over the head. It's more reminiscent of the sack that Cameron Grimes put over the head. It's called a blindfold match, and uh, yeah, I'm nitpicking because they're not blindfolds. <laughs> it's like, they're not even blindfolds. It's just bags over their heads. <laughs> uh, anyway, a match of Grimes like immediately flopping about as Loomis stands completely still. A uh, Cameron Grimes performance art, if you will. so if you will, uh, stomping all over the. Official thinking he's Loomis <laughs> Grimes then took off his mask To realise what he's done I mean was he taking off his mask Anyway would he have been decued <laughs> Was he thinking it through? Uh, and uh, big smart boy activates And he goes for a silent charge At Dexter Yeah of course it doesn't work they, He just moved out of the way uh, The referee out both lads just had a wee Like normal match <laughs> with their blindfold hoods Off blindfold hoods <laughs> is that what To call them Grimes escaped into the crowd, and I questioned why I didn't skip this. <laughs> I, it was written all over it. I was like, oh, but I'm reviewing it for the show. Surely I should, like, properly watch this, just in case, you know, there's actually something to... to... No, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it wasn't really that much to it. It's a blindfold hood match. It's all I yeah, no pose. <laughs> uh, Candice, look... a lot of people really didn't like this. Well, I, was like, I was just like, oh, it's it's... it's what it is, <laughs> I don't. I don't have. I don't say. I wouldn't say that I have a strong emotion towards it. Of oh god, this is awful. No, no, no. Like no. no, I don't. I don't get this kind of emotions really towards wrestling. This one's like oh, it's fine. It is what it is. Eh. Yeah. Anyway, Candice Leve and Indy Hartwell. Let's get back into the excitement. Uh, Candice Leva and Indy Hartwell versus Katie Catazaro and Caden Carter. Lots of half hard K's in that one. Our first time seeing it Hartwell and LeRae pairing after the Ghostface reveal and all the build for that. Uh, some Lucha Strong style as it was called and commentary from Carter and Catanzaro but ultimately this was a showcase for the other side and when Face met Matt there wasn't much they could fight back with. Our new duo with an initial victory and really this is building, getting a setup up for later where we got our setup for war games uh, after a run in. But yeah, seeing Lorraine and Hartwell working together, just a nice development. And there's a lot of that on this show, which is why I don't, when I say, oh, it felt like there were things happening, but I wasn't getting super invested. It felt like like another lot of little setup, but I can get excited for what comes next. This is one of those things where tonight was very set-uppy with our two women's tag team matches, but what they've built for for next week, like, how could you not (laughs) see what's coming (laughs) to get gradually excited as you see what's being built here? So yeah, that's, that's why I, uh, I, when I criticise NXT, I'm doing it at a different level than I would the main roster. Because they are building to something. There is purpose behind what I'm seeing. My time's not being wasted with anything. Like, it is going somewhere. So yeah, uh, Arturo Ruas versus Kushida. The Brazilian Returns. Uh, Ruas back in NXT now that Raw Underground's entered the latest crap thrown at a wall in a ratings panic. <laughs> to be binned. The Brazilian showed some flash and initiative, but Kushida snapped and bent momentum back into his favor in an instant. A unique finish to boot, with both lads countering each other after at getting each other at an impressive pace. Ruas spinning low to talk the lower leg of Kushida, who just bent back and bridged into the pin for the win. A nice little showcase, and I really like that finish. With because uh, they were going at each other in a kind of uh, countering, uh, submission-y type of thing, and Ruas going for those quick kicks as well, and Ruas then goes to the ground to try and grab in, and Kushida bridged into that pin. I thought it was... You saw what Ruas was going for, and then Kushida went, nope, (laughs) and bridged into the pin. Uh, I brought it up last week, the comparison to the Game of Thrones thing, but it's a little thing in wrestling where if somebody is setting up to do the thing, and you can see where they're going, then you count them into the pin. You You go, I'm going to do this thing here, and you... You're expecting to see the thing, you've been told this thing is going to happen, therefore you're like, Oh, I expect to see the thing then. So then when you cut them off, <laughs> the surprise for the pinfall actually feels sudden. So yeah, it's a little thing. <laughs> I'm not that great at the psychology of the rest of the stuff, I'm just the nerdy person, but when I see a comparison to narratives elsewhere, <laughs> I'm like, ah, I saw the, I felt that, I got that feeling. So I can say that's the feeling I got when I watched it. Uh, Anyway, Ember Moon and Tony Storm, they were backstage with an interview with... Is it? wasn't Shriver was it? She's on the main roster. Blonde Lady, still don't know her name. Uh, They're teaming tonight, but when it comes to the NXT Women's Championship, they're both on the same page of being competitors. Nice little promo. And another nice promo was everybody giving their picks for Io Shirai vs Rhea Ripley in the main event. Just a really nice way to build to that main event, make it feel like a big deal. Everyone's got their verdict and their say. Everyone from Shawn Michaels to Triple H, to Kushida, to, oh I want to name another one, Dog. did Cameron Grimes say something as well, like uh, Tommaso Ciampa maybe? Yeah, everybody gave their verdict. It really made it feel like a big deal, it didn't matter if you were a phase heel backstage worker, uh, newly, uh, still relatively new Japanese star, like yeah, everybody had a view on this match. So yeah, that helped, just that little building block. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Tony Storm. No entrance again for Kai and Gonzalez. Like, oh, this, again, I, it's because it's, it's a Shawn Michaels-Diesel dynamic. I feel like a massive part of the presentation is when they walk out and you see the size of Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> like, that's a massive thing to me. So to not get that, so, yeah, I know they were cutting for time. And you saw it with the main event. Like, oh, it was tight. <laughs> they blasted through that final segment. Uh, but yeah, it, again, it's a little thing. I can see why it had to be cut. Yeah, again, short for time. Uh, ember with a really cool light in the dark like animal school mask thing like i want to say like a saber a uh, like little by little adding to this new presentation of hers i thought it was cool as hell uh, teasing a possible animosity between her and storm to somewhat build through the weeks especially against a bad team so on the same page and uh, which then makes war games more interesting when i'm like hmm, they've set up this animosity hmm <laughs> and it, what if it blows up In this massive match, or in the aftermath of this massive match, then it leads somewhere. Uh, The audacity of NXT, giving us this match right after promoting Ripley and Shirai for the main event, that, again, that's like I said earlier, they're just showing off. (laughs) What a damn strong division. Uh, Moon and Storm, strong competitors in their own right, even individually able to handle both Kai and Gonzalez. But when it came to both teams having to work together, our babyfaces... Impressed with some initial cohesion, but Gonzalez ran rampant through a lot of them this black portion a One woman wrecking crew uh, But the tide swung after she tagged out in the end through the end of match chaos Tony storm managed to get the best of Kai and roller up for the three Storm's streak continues as she picks up yet another victory but the final note was not theirs thanks to Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell uh, the two attacked and suddenly we had a 4-on-2 post-match beatdown. Kai Gonzalez getting the ultimate final statement, certainly guiding us to some WarGames teams. Tis the season! I mean, I think it's what he said that. Like, it, it, is, it is the season for WarGames. And I obviously go very Christmassy as soon as you say it is the season. <laughs> it's like, uh ah, you've given me permission, <laughs> I'm going for it. <laughs> Tis the season, yes it is, little Jimmy. <laughs> it is the season to be jolly. Before all the presents under the tree. What are we getting this year? Oh, two. Wa- I need to end this bit. <laughs> two war games matches. <laughs> oh, how am I get out of the bit? Let's just drop it. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Thatcher that doesn't feel natural, does it? Oh, uh, entered the bit and I could not get out. <laughs> then just force drop it. Uh, anyway, Timothy Thatcher versus August Gray. Evolve time. Uh, teacher versus student. The former people standing up for himself throwing left and right and generally driving Thatcher to attack the lad more seriously. Uh, Once he did, August Grey... Welcome to the world of pain. Uh, One big lesson for Grey. uh, Caught and worn down till he had no choice but to tap. Thatcher shouting that lesson at his opponent like Don't pick a fight with someone you can't beat. (laughs) I don't know why he's a farmer. Uh, Which linked perfectly into Tommaso Champa's music playing. The man walks out as Thatch is directly confronted with the exact lesson he was just preaching and he does in fact leave the ring. Ah! Practice what you preach. Nice to see. To see you nice. <laughs> he... For some reverse foresight. He... That's nice to see. Again, he said the lesson at the person. Then Tumasa Chamber comes down. Then he drops off. And just to make sure that we've followed it, on commentary they repeat it again. Person that wasn't entirely necessary. But it didn't. It wasn't like Raw where they're, they're shouting it at you. So it's like this is the plot point. We need you to understand. So I'm going to shout it at you, so you can definitely get it. So anyone who can, you know, grasp the story being told, just feel like they're being called a bit dumb. <laughs> uh, it's it's a catch-all net where you end up not pleasing the like, everybody. Anyway, massive, massive massive tangent. I liked I liked how they did it on on this here, where he just shouted the lesson and then was immediately faced with it like no, this is Champa. Don't mess around with Champa, And that Thatcher knowing you don't go after, you don't pick a fight with a man you can't beat and you saw it in action. Really like that. And then we got the Damien Priest thing. They had the whole ball, uh, Which was followed by, I guess the f- a final thing I'm talking about, I've accidentally ended up here. I didn't mean for this to be the final thing. <laughs> I should have ordered this differently. But the final thing to talk about was the night before NXT, Twas the night before NXT <laughs> William Beagle went to the door of Boa's house mm. because Boa was naughty and had not been showing up for work and <laughs> got stuck in the bit <laughs> he had not been showing up for work at the door he, he knocks on the door and Boa opens like no no training no PC uh, where's where's Jaya? she's not showing up like, oh, Shia, 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 she's in hiding she's, she's hiding like what what she's coming what what Zaya's coming she she's coming she's coming and then closes the door what, what, Zaya's, right, Zaya's got me like... He, he said no! <laughs> oh, Don't it, it, Regal, it's not Zaya. I mean, that was what the point was emphasising. It wasn't Zaya. Anyway. Who is she? This arc is certainly going somewhere. <laughs> Still too early to judge for, for me. Uh, fingers crossed it's not crap. The building's something. Who is she? Is it going to be crap? Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I, re- I really hope not. They're putting a bit, of, they're putting the effort into it to build to something. Is the she gonna be an alt, an alternate Zaya Lee, to give a little rhyme? But I stuttered in between it, so the rhyme died. <laughs> the rhythm went. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, after this, we got Ruff uh, standing up for himself, and yeah, saying it would take on both Priest and Regal. Then we went to the main event for the women, and then we went to the technically actual main event of the Prince arriving and in- and Pat McAfee arriving. Undisputed Era arriving and we go off air and that whole segment happens in like three minutes (laughs) three more minutes Uh, And then it's so tight that they have to actually finish it off and announce war games off air On Twitter gets put up on Twitter on social medias on their YouTube on the as a WWE Network exclusive And it was confirmed. So yes, hopefully don't run out of time for the women's one So we at least get Winnie Meagle doing his war games (laughs) thing at least one thing, you're like, yeah, it's an annual tradition now where he comes out and shouts that. <laughs> it's just, just like the pay-per-view itself. Yes, it uses, loses its gravitas. Yes, I still, I enjoyed seeing it. He's like, oh, he said the line, he said the line. <laughs> yeah, it's childish enjoyment. Yeah. And we're, we're wrestling fans, so like, don't, take, don't I don't take myself too seriously as <laughs> a wrestling fan. Anyway, that's me blasting through NXT. As I said, the middle of the show for me was just a big blob of Blair which was ultimately set up. So there's a lot of things that happened, but I didn't massively enjoy the show. So when it comes to the notes, I've not really got much to say. It was that well, this happened. It's building to something. I can't really form an opinion on that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a building block. How am I meant to, I've got nothing to really judge off of that. So yeah, and yeah, I guess the big like the most like just match match was Kushida versus Auto uh, Ruas, but again, that was pretty quick. That was another thing as well, that's the thing that hit me. Was does the flow of the show, a lot of the matches are pretty short, so that number started to tally up. And when it got to Damien Priest coming out, I was like, are you really going to do another match and not do Sh- Shirai Ripley yet? <laughs> it's like, how many segments are you going like, to knock off on this episode? The answer was nine, technically. But yeah. Anyway, but I am excited for next week, uh, don't get me wrong. Positives coming out of this review. review. I'm not feeling knackered and down after getting to the end of all my notes. I'm in a positive way, positive manner. It's just... Uh, yeah, this episode was fine. Again, I'd say you don't need to watch like any of the episode apart from the main event and the bit afterwards. Uh, highly, rec- highly recommend... It's like some of the week's best stuff you'll see. <laughs> so I can't slack on the episode, really. And it built to it in a decent manner, which I also praised Raw for, for building to their men's championship match at the end of the show. So, same kudos here. Did a great job of making Shirai Ripley feel important. But yeah, war games around the corner. We'll see what happens. Oh, is, are is we going to get Shirai defending again at war games? Will she even be in the match? Because you can do a moonsault, and that's cool. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, that's the end of the show. I'm trying to think—is there any like, final note that I've definitely missed? But I think the answer is no. Anyway, I will be live after Survivor Series. That's this weekend. I don't even know when War Games is. <laughs> is it December 4th or something? So yeah, I'll be live immediately after War Game. After War Games. After Survivor Series. Get the plug right. I'll be live immediately after Survivor Series for Wrestling Headlines Aftershock to go through everything that happened on the show uh, if I'm a mad Britishman, I've got these two days to recover Ugh. <laughs> Fingers crossed So I'll be live immediately after Survivor Series to uh, go through that show, would it be any good? Uh, Normally no, the pay per view itself is great You just you know Sometimes you have to put aside like any investment you've tried to get in the TV show and just enjoy the pay per view but as a thing by itself, for, like, for me, Survivor Series is best enjoyed not watching the TV build and then you go live, then you go live like, into the thing and you can really enjoy it because you've not got any of that build negatives. <laughs> but yeah, again, they've done a decent enough job. Anyway, Survivor Series, I'll be live immediately after that. I've also, again, as I said earlier, been starting up the Twitch thing. Uh, I've, I've kicked it up to being live every Monday, Thursday and Friday at 6pm GMT. So it's more for a European audience rather than this, which is more for an American audience. So is it the right place to plug it? Probably not, but it's a platform. <laughs> so I'm doing it. So I will be live tomorrow on the Twitch at the Implications with Two S's on Twitch. And I'll be playing, I think, four guys with friends, who cares? Anyway, Wrestling, Survivor Series, what do you think of NXT? Comment below. Do you agree with me that the show was a bit bad but the main events were awesome? And uh, I'm still excited for what it's building to. Still appreciate it as a building block. It's not going to slag it off too much. Just like the past couple of weeks, not slagging it off too much. And I will be back on Sunday. So with that, I say thank you for watching, listening, five-starring, commenting, sharing, whatever, whatever, it all helps us. You can go to Red Circle and uh, Red, there's a Red Circle link in the description. If you go over there, you can donate to the show as well if you really, really want, if you really, really want. That's not how Spice Girls' work goes. <laughs> and with that, I bid with you, Adios.